Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's up, everybody, and welcome to The Reluctant Historian. This is a podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. I'm your host, Liz Lawson, and this is our reluctant historian, Dakota Lawson. On this podcast, I'll tell him a story from history, and he'll share his unapologetic thoughts and opinions. So, if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. All right, on today, a very special episode. (laughs) (laughs) Like at the beginning of a really serious episode of a TV show. This is a very serious episode. This is a very serious episode. Yes. We will be talking about Macbeth. Yes, that very historical thing that definitely <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, so we're taking a little um, side detour from a history lesson today, and I'm going to give him an English lesson because uh, we are going on a date to see Shakespeare on the Saskatchewan, and we are going to go see Macbeth, and Dakota doesn't know what happens in Macbeth. So I figured I should tell him what's going on before we go watch it in Shakespearean English. So yeah, I I, uh, took it in high school, but I don't remember much about it. And also, I'm just terrible with Shakespearean language. I know a few years ago, I went to see uh, the 13th Night. What was it? I don't know what you went to see. Well, no, but like, that's a Shakespeare thing. I think so. 12th Night? The 12th Night. The 12th Night, I think. And I was like, the first half of it, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And then someone explained to, to me at, at uh, break, they were like, you know, uh, She's the Man with uh, Amanda Bynes. That's the that's the play. <laughs> and I was like, I suddenly understand everything about this. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. So sit down, buckle up, and get ready to listen to the story of Macbeth. recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Canada. All right, Coda. New nudes. New nudes. Okay, so I actually did my homework this time a few yeah, minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, so, you know Britney Spears? I do know Britney Spears. You've heard of her before? I, surprisingly. She's free. I heard that, <laughs> yeah. Yes, she... Uh, Finally, her father uh, gave up con- conservatorship, mm-hmm. if you will, and uh, it took 13 years, but she's free, and this whole thing confuses the shit out of me. I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but I'm, like, this started kind of when she, um, in 2007, uh, when she was having a really hard time, right? Yeah, when she had a mental breakdown, yeah. Yeah, I don't didn't know how to classify it exactly like that, but, uh, but yeah, so that started then. But over the years, she's been fairly well, I'm pretty sure. Like, like I don't keep super close tabs on her, but you're not hearing about her shaving her head or anything like that. So 
it just confuses me why i mean i know why he chose to continue it because he's profited off of her for 13 years but like how was this allowed that he was just being in control of her life for these 13 years? Yeah, I mean, I don't really read a lot of it either or know much about it. And, like, I also wonder why the judge kept ruling in his favor. I feel like there's probably got to be money exchanging hands somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. But I want to read a, a statement from uh, Jamie, who's the fa- Bernie's father. Uh, this is from her, uh, his lawyer. Now, I just might be a small-town lawyer, but it is highly debatable whether a change in conservator at this time would be in Mrs. Spears' best interest. Nevertheless, even as Mr. Spears is unremitting target of unjustified attacks, he does not believe that the public battle with his daughter over continuing service as her conservator would be in her best interest. So... Even though he must contest this unjustified petition for his removal, Mr. Spears intends to work with the court and his daughter's new attorney to prepare for an orderly transition to a new conservator. Or, or. So, so she's still going to have a conservator. Well, that's what, what I, is that? What does that even do? I don't fucking know. That's so confusing. That it's, was your job. Your job is to research that. I did this a couple <laughs> minutes ago. Okay, and this. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so, I just find this ridiculous that in the statement he's like, "This is unjustified." That you would like my daughter's healthy and well, and you would you would give her her money back and give her control back of her life. I'm making millions off of her. This is unjustified. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just fucking stupid. Money makes people do cray cray things. It is power, it is. as you will see soon makes people do cray cray things well what a tangent but i guess that tangent isn't going directly into Macbeth because we're talking about golden nuggets after you mean segue god damn it don't correct me in my when i'm presenting yes i have don't correct me when i'm presenting my nudes okay so sorry so sorry anyways what's your golden nugget my golden nugget i've got two they're both related but i feel very full my bucket is full right now uh, in regards to social interactions with people. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, we had a group of friends over in our garage. We were planning to you set up a, a, a beautiful backyard. That yeah, we, we did that. Yeah, we put down some gravel and stuff like that. Uh, hung some lights. It was beautiful. But we didn't get to see that. We didn't. Uh, because it rained. It did. So but we need the rain. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so we went into the that's what people like, are gonna start thinking that like you just abuse me you're just like telling me to fuck off and yeah, just shut up and like holy yeah, yes they're gonna please help me. they're gonna start thinking that that would be that would be crazy <laughs> but no uh, she she always does what us uh, saskatchewanites all often say which is uh we needed the rain yes like uh, yeah d- yeah i get it but it's like that's such a you know it's like it, during the pandemic, how people are like, I just want things to go back to normal, you know? I just want, like, no shit, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I'm just, I'm just, uh, salty, I guess. Salty bitch. I'm a salty bitch. Anyways, so, had a bunch of people over, uh, it was in the garage. Um, it was, it was really nice just to, just see people and actually, like, you know, catch up on people's lives that I haven't seen, you know, some, 
in two years. Yeah. So that was cool. And then and they uh, all listen to our podcast, which is so sweet. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Shout out to you, homies. <laughs> um. Oh, I think this is how uh, how what they say uh, when they don't remember exactly. Like I don't remember exactly who said listen to the podcast. I know a few, but I'm like, uh. so I say you know who you are to avoid the. That's right. To going into yeah. what their names are. Yeah. So, um. Anyways. I the other one is that my friend Blade, who lives in Lethbridge, we were like also but, listens to our podcast. Uh, yeah, which is cool. He was out here a couple days ago. Uh, haven't seen him in a few years, and uh, we went to high school together. And he was one of my best friends. And uh, yeah, it was just awesome to to see him and catch up. And like, it was weird how you you don't see someone for a couple years, and then you but you still go back into that old like talking the way you always have and like i don't know just reminiscing about stuff was a lot of fun so mm-hmm. my bucket is full oh and you what is your golden nugget <laughs> you don't have one i guess not i mean nothing bad happened i don't have any lumps of coal that's good um i watched a really good uh, documentary series called uh the history of swear words Oh, yeah, with... Uh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, Oh, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, oh, my it? goodness. Like, woof. Yeah? I'm a weird history person, and I like history, and I like mm. linguistics. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, like, the etymology of swear words and, like, where they came from and how they changed. And I was just giddy. I was so happy. <laughs> it, like, it, like, hurt my heart a little bit because I was so excited about it. Really? Like, in a good way. Like, a good that's, heart hurt. That's so fucking nerdy. <laughs> I had texted what? you and I was like, yeah. I want to become a historian You're of right. swear words. That's and right. I got really excited. And yeah. then I'm not actually going to do that. No. But, like. <laughs> In a dream world, I would. Yeah. Yes. Was it Was it funny? Like, it was really good, yeah. yeah. So, listeners, if you are into swear words or history or words at all, you should listen to it. Watch it. You should watch it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. 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 It kind of made me a little bit sad because I did actually want to do a story, like an episode about the history of swear words. I mean, I guess I could still do yeah, it. Yeah, you can still do it. I mean, not everyone's going to watch that show, so. Yeah, so. You know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so in exciting news, our friends over at Impolite Society are yeah. tackling our topic of cannibalism for us. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to, they're doing like a um, fan submission sort of thing, right? Yeah, so like, well, collaboration with other indie podcasts. Right. So they are a podcast that takes the rude and taboo questions that you've never felt comfortable to ask um, and answer them for you. So they've done topics about like sex dolls, about furries, about I pooping wanna... during pregnancy. What? Well, during birth, sorry. Okay, I gotta listen to more of their episodes because yeah. <laughs> like all three of those sound amazing and you should actually give them a listen. Yeah, they're, they're really they're good. They're super funny. So yeah, so yeah. on the 23rd of August, they are going to drop the cannibalism episode because Dakota's obsessed with cannibalism. Yes. And he wanted to know why it was taboo, why people aren't allowed to eat people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, their episode would be, <laughs> it's just going to be super short. It's like, because that's really fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So give them a listen. You can find them on pretty much any podcasting service. And uh, yeah, just uh, take a listen to that episode and a few of their others if you can. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about how this is a special episode for me. I said that at the right the start, yeah. I guess. Uh, so first of all, I'm going completely off script, which <laughs> we know for me is hard. Uh, yeah. Like, I have nothing written down. This is going to be interesting. I'm ser- I'm very curious to see where it goes. And yeah. If I can throw you for a loop with <laughs> some of my jokes. Yeah, but I think I'll be okay because I've taught Macbeth 
um, pretty much every semester for the past 12 years. So that's teaching it at least 24 times. That sucks. <laughs> no, I love it. So, so I think, I think I can do it off script. Okay. Like I have my Cole's note, like the Sparks note pulled up in front of me yeah. to like remember what happens in each scene. Cause like there's a lot of stuff that happens, yeah. but like I know the history and the story of Macbeth. So like I think yeah. I can do it off script, but so listeners, just be patient with me because I don't, don't have a script to yeah. go on. This is going to be a great day for me. I, I get to, <laughs> I have to listen to uh, a big story about Macbeth here and then I have to go see it for two hours there. Okay. But like honestly, like I think. When you're teaching Shakespeare, I don't understand why we're like, oh, we have to do it in the actual Shakespearean language. Because, like, one, first of all, Shakespeare was never really meant to be read. It was meant to be listened to and watched. So I don't know why we spend five weeks teaching it. Like, I think that that's a weird way that we've just been like, oh, how very white of us. To <laughs> be, like, Shakespeare is great. I'm, okay, like, seriously, I love Shakespeare. I think he's wonderful. I love Macbeth. And I love spending five weeks teaching it. But... I don't think it does a service to the students, you know. I think that no, I, I mean, it's a testament to the fact that I learned this already. I I read Macbeth. I've very little other than the fact that there's there's something about like you can't say Macbeth's name or something like that. Yeah, when you're doing the production, you it's like apparently bad luck to say the name because it's like the curse of the Scottish play. People have died whilst performing it. And you you know, the only reason I know that is from a Simpsons episode. (laughs) So it wasn't even from anything about Macbeth. That's fair. Yeah. But um, so where I was going with this is that I honestly, as an English teacher, I think there's more relevant and important things that we should be teaching our students. Like about Free Britney. (laughs) Yes, about Free Britney. But um, I do think that Shakespeare does have a place in our curriculum. I just don't think it's a five-week place. Like I think, honestly, if you're going to watch it, uh, break down a couple of like the really important quotes and scenes, you can do those in Old English. Um, But... I don't know, like, if you, if a student really wants to know about Shakespeare, they're probably going to become an English literature person. They're going to go learn about it in university. Um, I just think that we should be spending less time on it. But Yeah, that's interesting. I I like that viewpoint coming from an actual English teacher who teaches it and loves Macbeth, that you have that perspective. So, yeah, that's a... That's cool. Hard, yeah. sh- hard truths. Hard, hard truths with Liz. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the first part that I wanted to talk about. But the other reason why it's a really special episode is because uh, Macbeth and the teaching of Macbeth to students is kind of what started this podcast for us. Yeah. Um, last year when the pandemic uh, was, well, it's still happening, but when I was in online school, um, I made videos uh, breaking down each scene, explaining to the students what was happening and why this thing was important or whatever. And I showed you a couple of them because they're stupid and I... They were great. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, wow, I wish wish more of my teachers were like this. (laughs) Yeah. And so that kind of like really kind of put a bug in my ear i don't know that's probably not the right uh cliche no, that i, I want to use there. i was the one that put the bug in your ear in your ear i was like this will be funny and then i put a bug in your ear <laughs> but it really kind of inspired me because i'd always been like you know what i think it would be fun to do a podcast yeah. but i never really knew like what i would want to do mm-hmm. um and well, it's, then- it's hard to pick a one to pick a topic and two to pick a topic that it feels original mm-hmm. which i feel like this is a you did a great job Thank at picking you. a picking a topic because this isn't something i've heard of before yes so but anyways so we you watched those videos and you were like like you said already if my teacher had done this i maybe would have liked shakespeare a little bit more and it kind of um sparked a sparked a light in me that maybe i can teach people 
on the interwebs. And so that kind of got the ball rolling for this podcast that, you know, I can teach you stuff and you can just tell me how much you hate learning about history. Yeah, it's a win-win, I guess. Yeah. You, you get to teach history, I get to complain about something. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is a special episode for me because, one, I love Macbeth and I mm-hmm. like talking about it. Um, two, I'm going off script. Uh, and three, Macbeth is really what started this whole Reluctant Historian podcast. So, yeah. Thanks, so, Macbeth. So, yeah. Thanks, Shakespeare. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess let's like, let's just get into it. So Macbeth is the story of power. Um, and how does power corrupt people? It doesn't. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course, <laughs> of course it does. If well, I had, if I had power, I'd be the most corrupt motherfucker ever. Well, so here's an interesting thing. So some people think that, you know, there's the whole saying, um, power, corru- absolute power corrupts, absolutely, or I'm saying that incorrectly, but there's that whole quote about absolute power corrupting people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is that if you get power, you become corrupt. But then I've been reading a little bit about it. And then um, that maybe it's not necessarily that it's power that makes you corrupt. It's the corrupt people are attracted to power. And so they're the ones that usually go into that sort of, you know, uh, place in the world to have power. So mm-hmm. is it power that corrupts? Or is it that power attracts people who are corrupt? And then just continue to be corrupt. Mm. Right? Mm. Right? Right. Yes. Okay. So we start off on the moors, on the heath. Okay. <laughs> First of all, you know I struggle with words that I don't know. and So, so like a random marshy field. Okay. A field. Yeah. In, uh, but like... In Scotland. We're in Scotland. Uh, um, uh, what, uh, what's that line from... Um, but I didn't have any corn. Corn? Corn. Oh. I'm, I'm quoting Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. I was thinking uh, Scottish. So Got anyways, it, continue. Yeah. So we're on. It's thunderous. It's lightning. And all of a sudden, these old women show up. And No. Yes. Three of them. <laughs> what, what is this? A feminist rally? But a shh. <laughs> No, Shakespeare, no, no. No. Anyway, no. so they're old, they're well, haggard. Well, well, women weren't even allowed to perform the play. That's place. right, yeah, if you, remember, <laughs> if you def- listen to our drag story. Definitely not a uh, feminist Not rally. a feminist <laughs> Look, I remembered something. You did. Yeah. So proud of you. Thank you. Um, They appear out of nowhere. They're like chanting, Um, and they say, when shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly-burly's done? When the battle's lost and won? <laughs> there to meet Macbeth. I don't know if I actually got the quotes completely correct. Okay. I think I did. But, like, I like the idea of, like, two of the w- witches or even one of them, like, s- doing that whole ditty. And then one of them being like, what? This is a weird way to decide when we're going to meet next time. Can it, like, <laughs> does next Tuesday work for you guys? Like, let's just not. This doesn't have to be weird, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's that weird one weird friend you've got that's like, God damn it, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, they decide they're going to meet Macbeth when the battle's over. So the hurly-burly's done when the battle's lost and won. So it tells us that there is a battle happening. Macbeth's fighting in this battle. Um, and then they're called by their familiars. They're like, um, they say, Grey Malcolm, I come. Paddock, I come. So those are their like little demon dudes that hang out with them. And they're like, okay, we're coming. And then they like float away. Is there any, uh, this is just what I thought of, um, in the Hercules animated movie. Mm-hmm. Very familiar? Yep. There's those three witches. Is that supposed to be? Yes. Look at you being so smart. 
I know. So, but, and then I don't know if this is also related, but there's the two little demons, is what I was thinking about. Are they supposed to be? Well, I don't know if they're related at all, but I don't know about those little demons in Hercules, but yeah. I can talk about the three women. So those are the weird sisters. W Y R D and the, the word sisters. Yes, they're the fates, and Straight they're up. they're supposed to like you know decide what happens to humans and they've got that lifeline and they cut it and oh so it is the yeah so these women are an allusion to those witches that's who they're supposed to represent Mm, the the fates so um yeah so they're just like we're gonna find Macbeth. so uh then the next scene we are now at a military camp there is a king his name's king duncan uh he is at war with norway i believe no way (laughs) yeah And um, uh, he wants to know how the battle's going, and a bloody soldier has showed up, and he's like, well, the battle was really hard, I didn't know how it was going to go, but Macbeth and Banquo, so that's Macbeth's friend, they fought really, really hard, Um, and so we're getting this whole idea that Macbeth is a hero, and he's this great man, and he fights really hard for his king, he's loyal to his king, he's loyal to Scotland, uh, and he's trying to make things better for the king, and um, they are very excited uh, we learn that Macbeth killed Macdonwald. He is a traitor. He's a Scottish guy who was helping Norway. Um, and so because of that, Duncan decides to make Macbeth the Thane of Cawdor. So he gives him this title, but he, Macbeth doesn't know about it yet. The Thane of Cawdor. So he's like... Like the Lord of Cawdor. Okay. Wait, uh, Cawdor is just this Just place. like a place, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... And so he tells his little friend, a man named Ross, to go find Macbeth and Banquo. Not Ross from Friends. I was just, I was just thinking, pivot, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> so he asks him to go find Macbeth and Banquo and give him the news that he has now become the Thane of Cawdor. Yeah, I just think it's really funny. They've all got these like weird names, and then there's Ross from Friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there. This, this is who I'm going to picture as Ross the entire thing. You know. Yeah. Okay, so then we're back to that heath, the marshy field in Scotland. Thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, and the witches are there again, and they're talking about all these, like, magics um, that they've been doing. They've been killing swine. Um, they've been torturing a sailor. It's supposed to just show us kind of, like, how evil and witchy these people, these women are. And then all of a sudden, there's a drum beat, and they realize that Macbeth is coming. And so they kind of just float away, and Macbeth and Banquo are walking in the field. Um, and they talk about how this heath that they're on is like a really weird thing. And they're like, wow, this is like such a strange day that I've never seen before. So foul um, and fair a day I've never seen. Um, uh, such a foul and fair day I have <laughs> never seen. Yeah, so foul because it's like cold and rainy, much like today. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Banquo's the, or who says this? I can't remember which one says okay, it. Okay, let's just pretend, pretend it's Banquo. <laughs> and then Macbeth goes, just. Say it's a shitty day, man. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, and then fair because they won the battle. I draw a fair. A day has never been so fair. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they see the witches and they're like, what the fuck is that? What are uh-huh. those weird people over there? Ah, uh, feminist rally. <laughs> well, so now they're like, they don't even know. So they, they're confused by the witches and they're like, are they even women? Because they're like, have beards and stuff. And so they're confused. Um, And the witches are like... Hail Macbeth, Thane of Glom, which he is. That's who he is. It's now he's the Thane of Glom? He's always been the Thane of Glom. Okay. That's like his his original title. Right, so they right. say, Hail Macbeth, Thane of Glom. Hail Macbeth, 
Thane of Cawdor. And he's like, what the fuck? I'm not the Thane of Cawdor. Like, why are you saying this? And then they say, Hail Macbeth, king. What? Yeah. So they're like, y'all's going to be king. And he's like, excuse me? And so Macbeth's, like, first reaction, like, he doesn't even say anything to the witches. It's Banquo is the one that does all the talking, which is apparently weird because he had just in the last scene been talked about as this, like, really amazing hero, really brave, but then he can't even talk to these witches. And so it's Banquo, and he's like, hey, do you have anything to tell me that's, like, really good to know? And they're like, um, you're not as happy as Macbeth, but happier, you know, bad things, uh, or not, they don't say that, spoiler. Uh, so they tell him that he is not going to be king, Banquo is not going to be king, but he will be the father of kings. And he's mm. like, ah, cool. And then meanwhile, Macbeth's kind of, like, off in the corner being like, if I want to be the king, I'm going to have to kill the king. Because that's his first reaction. <laughs> yeah, that seems not just like waiting for him to pass. Like they didn't give a time limit on this or anything like that. So, no, like- they didn't. They were just like, you will be king. Um, And then Macbeth is like, hey, like this, these things aren't going to happen. Why are you saying these things to me? Um, And then they just disappear and they don't answer him. So classic feminists just disappearing <laughs> into the night, and also sorry, Banquo couldn't talk to these witches. He no, Macbeth having, couldn't talk. Macbeth, to him. he was having troubles like that. Yeah, he was like <laughs> just shook. He's, he's like, just like <laughs> he's like such a brave dude, and then he just can't talk to women. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's the, <laughs> oh, that's... Be so nervous. <laughs> um, so they've disappeared, and Banquo's like, we probably shouldn't trust these people because they came out of the earth and now they've gone back into the earth, and they're kind of spooky. And they're also they're also bearded, yes, and claiming to be women. Yes, Macbeth though is kind of fixated on it, and he's like, your kids are going to be king, and then Banquo's like, well, you're going to be king, and then they're just kind of talking about it, and then Ross shows up. Not Ross. Yes, and do you remember why he's trying to find them? Uh he needs someone to help him move a couch, I believe. <laughs> No, the king sent him there to tell him, tell Macbeth that he has become the Thane of Cawdor. So right. that prophecy is now fulfilled. And Macbeth's like, what? <laughs> so I am the Thane of Cawdor? And then so he and Banquo are like, huh, maybe I will be king. Maybe Macbeth yeah. will be king. Um, and again, he keeps thinking about to become king, he's going to have to kill the king. But like, was he in like next in line to be king? No. Like, how the hell does he just all of a sudden? What about like, doesn't the king have any like kids or... well, i'll get to that okay that's okay. like that's Go like ahead. pretty much the next so he's like okay. sweet it's gonna happen i was thane of cotter that means i'm gonna become king um yeah so they he gets out of his like weird little thought process of trying to figure out how he's gonna become king and then they're like okay well i guess we should continue on and uh they'll talk uh, later about what's gonna happen so the next scene they're at the king's palace um duncan hears that the first thane of cawdor has been executed he's happy about that he talks about how he had trusted cawdor so much and how you can't trust a person just by looking at them which is ironic because macbeth is the next person that he's trusting as a thane of cawdor and is also thinking about killing him yeah (laughs) yeah then macbeth and bank will come in with ross duncan thanks them for how heroic they have been and then he's like you know what my son malcolm is going to be the king Oh, Macbeth ain't gonna like that. No, so Macbeth is like, what? <laughs> so he pretends to be happy, but he's not actually. So he realizes that Malcolm stands between him and the crown. And he's like, well, I am gonna have to kill the king because how else is this going to happen? The next scene is literally my favorite scene in all of Shakespeare's writings. So we go now to Inverness, which is Macbeth's castle. And his wife is hanging out there, and Macbeth has written her a letter, 
And he has said to her, you know, I saw these weird ladies. They told me that I was going to be, um, they told me that I was Thane of Glom. Then they told me I would be Thane of Cawdor and eventually King. And then the Thane of Cawdor prediction came true. And so now I think I might be King and like, I don't know what to do. And so Lady Macbeth reads this letter and she's like, puts it down. And she's like, well, my husband is too much of a wuss <laughs> to actually do what needs to be done to become the king. She says he's too full of the milk of human kindness. Would this just be us? <laughs> if I was trying to be king, you'd be like, you're too much of a pussy. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, she knows that he can't do the things that need to be done in order to actually become the king. And so right. she has this great scene where she asks the spirits to unsex her. Um, to make her like a man. That sounds familiar. I've, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So she basically is saying, I don't want to have womanly qualities anymore. I need to be like a man. I need to become evil. I need to become unrelenting. I need to be able to do all these things in order to push my husband to become the king because he's too much of a, as you said, pussy to do it. So I have to be the man in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then Macbeth enters. Uh, he and his wife are very excited because Duncan is coming to their castle to, you know, just chill. And they're like, perfect, that's when we'll do it. And they decide that they're going to kill Duncan and that Lady Macbeth's going to come up with a plan. Sorry, Lady Macbeth and Macbeth are planning this yes. together? Okay. Yes. At uh, Lady Macbeth's urging because now she is a now she is demon a... man. <laughs> and Macbeth is like, "What? when did you grow a beard, Lady Macbeth? <laughs> Your what? cock is and, bigger than mine. What? Did you say your cock is bigger? <laughs> oh, that I was... don't tell my students that. But no, like... you, don't, you, don't, you don't say to your students, uh, uh, Lady Macbeth, why do you have such a huge dick? <laughs> no, but when I'm thinking about it in my mind, I'm like, that's probably what Macbeth was thinking. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm blushing furiously right now. I I'm love so that you said that. Usually I'm the one that says terrible things. You definitely have to keep that in. Because people, yeah. people need to know that I'm not the only terrible one in this relationship. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, so next scene, Duncan shows up and he's like, wow, Lady Macbeth, you have such a beautiful castle. And she's like, yes, thank and you. What it a is nice beautiful. beard you have. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, yes, it is beautiful. And again, that's some dramatic irony because Duncan's like, oh, this is a beautiful house. And she's like, ha ha ha, I'm going to kill you here. <laughs> Um, and then they go into the castle. The last scene here is Macbeth is thinking about killing Duncan, and he is kind of feeling a little bit wishy-washy about it. He's not sure that that's what he should be doing. Um, he says that it could cause a bunch of terrible consequences for himself. Um, he realizes that he'd be risking eternal damnation if he kills the king because murder is a sin. And so he talks about all these different reasons why he shouldn't kill Duncan. He says he's his kinsman, so he's actually related to Duncan. Okay. Um, he is, is that how he has potential to become king? I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, I think Shakespeare was just like, I'm just gonna write this story. La 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 la. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm very confused. Like, <laughs> he kills the king, and he's like, I am king now. And they go. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said Malcolm was going to be king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets around that, so. Right. Um, he also says that he's Duncan's subject, like he lives in Scotland, so he should be protecting the king. Um, he's also the host of Duncan tonight. Duncan's in his castle, so he should be taking care I of him. I can't kill him. I'm the hostess with the mostest. That's what he says. Um, so then he kind of is like, you know what? I probably shouldn't do this. I'm, I, I think uh, killing King Duncan's not the great thing. 
Um, so Lady Macbeth comes in and she's like, okay, the king has finished eating. He's asking for you. And Macbeth says, you know what, lady? I don't think I want to kill Duncan anymore. And, <laughs> and like, she bish slaps him. Oh, she's fucking pissed. She's yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? She's like, she calls him a coward. She basically tells him that he's not a man. Um, she says that... She says a lot of different things. I can't remember exactly what it is, but basically she's pissed and she's like, you're weak and a loser. Just so you know, I, just so we set the standards for our relationship now, like I know we're two years in, but like, I don't, I'm never going to kill for you. Okay. I don't want you to kill for me. Thanks. That's what I appreciate most about you. Thanks. (laughs) Don't make you kill people. Yeah. Um, So she kind of convinces him eventually. She's like, you promised me. And so you have to do it. He's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What is this, like a sweet 16 party or something like that? Like, I wanted a Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. All pissy. (laughs) I wanted you to kill him. Yeah. Now you have to. (laughs) Um, And he's like, well, what's going to happen if we fail? And she says, we won't. We're going to win. And so then she tells him the plan. So this is the plan. Duncan, she's going to get him drunk. Uh, not get Duncan drunk, sorry. She's going to get the bodyguards of Duncan drunk. Um, and then while they're passed out in front of his bedroom, uh, Macbeth's going to sneak in, stab Duncan, and then put the bloody uh, knives on the bodyguards so that when everybody wakes up, they think it's the bodyguards that had oh, done it. Sneaky. And, yeah, Macbeth thinks that this is the best plan ever. <laughs> and <laughs> so he says to her, um, he is so impressed by her undaunted metal, and I hope that you only ever have boy children. Because she's such a man. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, all right, fine. You've got a great plan. We'll kill him. Then we go into a scene, or act Sorry, two. Sorry, just, what a weird, is that like a compliment? Like, I hope you only have boy children. Was that at the time? Like, I think it's, it's like, ooh, thank you. <laughs> no, I think it has to do with the fact that he's like, talking about how manly she is because remember she asked those demons to unsex her and turn her into a man and so she's got no femininity in her so she should really only be having male children Mm -hmm. i think is what's going on there okay yeah so the next scene that happens banquo and fleance are walking around the castle it's super dark um they run into Macbeth, who's also chilling around in the castle because he's looking to kill duncan okay and um Banquo's like, hey, what are you doing out here? And he's like, oh, just hanging out. No big deal. Uh, and Banquo's like, oh, I have a diamond for you. Uh, King Duncan wanted me to give it to you because you're such a great man. And Banquo's like, cool. Wow. I'm, uh, wait, sorry. Who, who gets the diamond? Macbeth. <laughs> and he's just like, wow, I'm overstrucken with guilt now. <laughs> like, yes. So exactly. <laughs> is that actually what it is? Yeah. Well, kind of. So they, Banquo and Fleance leave. Um, and Macbeth is left alone, and he's like, "Is this a dagger I see before me?" He so he's hallucinating him? here. Oh, I thought he was like, he's gonna kill him with the diamond. <laughs> no, no, a dagger. Um, so he has this famous speech. He talks about, "Is it a dagger that I see before me? Uh, come, let me clutch thee." He's curious. He's not too totally sure if he's hallucinating this dagger or not. He thinks that um, he is kind of going a little bit crazy because of this whole idea that he's gonna have to kill Duncan. Um, and then he realizes, okay, it is time. I'm going to have to do it. Lady Macbeth rings a bell and he's like, okay, that's the time. Um, hear it not, Duncan, for it summons thee to heaven or to hell. You're good at quoting this shit. Well, I've taught it like what we thought 24 more times. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, he is off and ready to go kill the king. After hallucinating. (laughs) Yes. And then we come in on Lady Macbeth. And she is drunk. Typical man. (laughs) 
No, Lady Macbeth. No, I know. <laughs> oh. She's been unsexed. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, she talks about how that which she gave the chambermen, the chamber or the bodyguards, I guess, like made them pass out, but it's made her bold. Um, and she's like, I would have killed Duncan myself, uh, but he looked like my grandfather, so I couldn't do it. Mm. Um, and then Macbeth comes in and his hands are full of blood and he's like, I've done it. He is. is it, he gets killed off screen? Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. I mean, gross in the sense that I'm like. Well, I want to see that shit. If you wa- if we watch the Fastbender version of Macbeth, which is one of my favorite versions. Oh, we should watch that because I, I totally forgot that Fastbender did did that. Yeah, you'll get to watch him kill it. Okay, because cool. you're a fucking creep. Yeah, I love murder and cannibalism. That's true. In that order, <laughs> actually, no, I prefer cannibalism, and then that it leads to the murder. Great. That's a whole other subject. <clears throat> watch the Impolite Society to find out more. Yeah. So Macbeth comes in, he's covered in blood, and he's freaked out. And he's like, what the fuck have I done? He's like, the chambermen, the bodyguards cried out, and they said, um, who's out there? And they pray- said a prayer, and Macbeth tried to pray with them, and he couldn't. And so he's kind of realizing that he's done fucked up, and that he probably should not have killed Duncan. Yeah. Um, he says that when he killed the king, he heard a voice cried out, sleep no more. Macbeth does murder sleep he realizes that he's never going to have peace again in his life in this play sleep kind of equals peace so he's never going to have like he's always going to feel guilty Mm -hmm. um lady Macbeth tries to tell him to calm down but then she realizes that part of their plan is not going to work because Macbeth has brought the daggers back with him (laughs) damn it Macbeth (laughs) um so she's like Macbeth, you have to take those daggers back. And he's like, absolutely not. I have nothing. I don't want to have anything to do with this anymore. I can't go back there. He's uh, terrified. She t- takes off her belt and starts whipping him with it. <laughs> so she's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And so she takes the daggers back, leaves them with the bodyguards, and she comes back in and she's got blood all over her hands. And she's like, look, my hands are bloody like yours. And Macbeth, in the meantime, is freaking out about how bloody his hands are. And he says, well, all of great Neptune's oceans wash this blood clean from my hand. So it's kind of becoming this metaphor that he's always going to have blood on his hands and he can't get them clean. Um, And again, she just tells him, you know what? A little water will get rid of this. It's easy. Stop freaking out. And then they peace out. Okay. Yeah. So then we have a weird scene, and I don't know if Shakespeare in the Saskatchewan is going to do it, but the purpose of this next scene is because the two actors are on stage covered in blood, and they're going to have to go off stage, get the blood off of them, change into a different clean outfit. So it's a very, like, practical scene, this next one, which is why it's there. Um... So, you know, Shakespeare in the Saskatchewan might do it. So anyways, we have a dude, his name is, he's a porter. So basically, he's like a person that, like lets people into the castle. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and he is drunk. <laughs> okay. Is he on duty right now? <laughs> yes. So Because oh, Duncan had been there. They had a big feast. Everybody was excited. They had won the battle. They had won the war. So everybody's getting drunk. And mm. uh, he is making this joke that he is a porter to the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Now, these are funny things to Shakespearean people. To us, they're not funny at all. But so what he says is, you know, he pretends that he's letting sinners into hell. And it's apparently really funny. He says, <laughs> oh, oh, well, apparently you do think it's funny. Oh, letting sinners into hell. That's what a what a laugh riot. Yeah. So he talks about the sinners that he lets in. Um, a farmer, a tailor. And I think somebody who... A commi- candlestick maker. No, I think somebody who committed suicide. I can't remember. So, anyways, then um, Macduff, so that's an important person, 
and like, Lennox come in. Right. The like Duff, like um from The Simpsons again. You know? The the what's He's the big not guy a beer that... man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they come in and they're like, dude, you're drunk. And he's like, Yes, I am. I have all of the effects of being drunk. He jokes about how he's got a red nose. Um, he can't sleep or he's sleepy, uh, he has to pee a lot. And then his favorite joke is that it uh makes or it's that he says that alcohol provokes and unprovokes lechery. So he talks about how it makes you really horny, but you're too drunk to be able to fucking. Oh. So that part's a little bit funny. That is, if I would have understood what the fuck he said, but I like that was a what a what a laugh riot. Yes, a, a Shakespearean form of whiskey dick, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. And Macduff and Lennox are like, dude, stop. We need to see the king. And then Macbeth comes in, and Macduff says, "Hey, is the king awake?" Um, he says that Duncan wanted to get up early so that he could get on doing whatever he needs to do. Uh, Macbeth says Duncan is still asleep and he says, I'll take you to the king. And as that's happening, Lennox is talking to, I think the porter, to some random person. He talks about how it was so stormy the night before. Uh, he says that he had never seen anything like it in his life. And then as he's saying that sort of thing, Macduff comes running in and he's like, oh my God, the king has been killed. Who could do such a thing? <laughs> Lady Macbeth comes in as well. And then a whole bunch of other people keep coming in because they are obviously, they're hearing people screaming. Uh, Malcolm, which was Duncan's son, mm-hmm. and Donald Bain, which is also Duncan's son, also come in because they're like, what's going on? Why are you all screaming? And they're told, oh, your father's been killed. And they're like, what the fuck? Um, and then that's what the actual quote, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then they find out that Macbeth had killed the bodyguards in a, in a rage because he was so upset about what had happened. Someone witnessed this? Yeah. So Macduff and Macbeth were at the, um, chamber where they had seen Duncan, um, with the daggers on the bodyguards. And then Macduff, Macbeth was like, you, how dare you fucking kill our king? And so he stabbed the bodyguards. And Macduff was like, why did you do that? Like, there are only witnesses. Yeah, yeah. That was a really shitty thing to do. And so they're kind of talking about this as this happens. And Lady Macbeth is like, oh, no, our plan's going to get found out. Yeah. So she faints. Fake faints. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, ah, tend to the lady. And so they're trying to figure that out. And then Donald Bain and Malcolm... Wait a minute. This is no lady. <laughs> She's been unsexed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Donald Bain and Malcolm are like, this is not good for us. Somebody has killed our father. We're probably next. Um, so they decide that they're going to run away. <laughs> so next we have Ross. Remember Ross? Yeah. Just, someone help me move my couch. Come <laughs> on. That's Why is that the one detail I remember about Ross? I don't know. So he's outside the castle with an old man. Okay. We don't know who the old man well, is. Well, you're too old to help me move my couch. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just chilling. Um, they talk about how the day before was really weird. Um, the old man's like, yeah, I've literally never seen a day like that ever in my life. And I'm old. So like, I've seen a lot of things. Uh, he says that it is daytime, but it's dark outside. So it's supposed to be bright, but it's not. Uh, he says that an owl killed a falcon. So if you think about that, owls are small, falcons are big, they shouldn't be able to kill a bigger bird. And then he also says uh, the night before that Duncan's horses ate each other. Oh, that what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they were just hungry. Um, no. So the whole point of this scene is to it's a thing called pathetic fallacy. And it's where um, nature 
mimics the horrible things that are happening, the unnatural things that are happening in the play. So it's basically just to show us that like, wow, it is so awful and so horrible that somebody would kill the king, that all these crazy things, that it's dark outside, that this owl is killing a falcon and the horses are eating each other. The horses. The the king is dead. Come here, Joe. I want to eat you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Macduff comes outside and he says that Macbeth has now become the king. Uh, because Donald Bain and Malcolm have run away. Um, and he's next in line? I guess so. And that they think that the bodyguards are probably the most likely person to have been the murderers, but they think that the bodyguards were probably paid off by somebody in order to kill Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, and they believe that it was Malcolm and Donald Bain who had done the murdering or done the pain yeah. of that because they ran away. Right. Um, Macduff, though, is kind of, he thinks it's a little sus. <laughs> This is rather sus. Yes. And so he's like, I'm going to go to Fife. That's his home. And he's like, I don't want to be around for the king's coronation. Something is not right here. And so he's like, peace. Yeah. Fife this. (laughs) And Ross is like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Scone and watch Macbeth become king. I'm going to go get a scone. (laughs) All right. So any questions so far? No, I think it's uh, pretty clear so far. Yes. Wait, 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 where's, is Lady Macbeth still fainted? I don't know what she's doing. She's just chilling. Oh, okay, she's just I'm weary, I'm weary. (laughs) All right, so they're now at the royal palace. Banquo is thinking about what has happened, and he's like, I think that Macbeth becoming king has happened through... Uh, probably sneaky ways mm-hmm. because he doesn't necessarily trust it. Um, he thinks about the witches and then Macbeth comes in and he says, hey, are you going to come to my feast tonight? And Banquo's like, yes, I'm going to come to your feast. And he's like, what are you doing today? And he's like, I'm going for a ride with my son. He's like, okay, but will you be at the feast? Um, they keep ask- asking all these questions and Macbeth is trying to figure out where Banquo's going to be that night because remember... Prophecy for Banquo was that Banquo's sons would become king. Mm -hmm. So Banquo leaves. He's off to go on his ride with um, his son. And Macbeth tells everybody to leave. And he he has another soliloquy here. And he talks about um, Banquo as his friend, uh, but also that his son, Banquo's sons, are going to be king. And so he's like, so essentially I have killed the king and taken on eternal damnation for my best friend's sons benefit it's not going to benefit me and so he's like i now need to get rid of banquo and fleance because they stand in my way and i have an empty throne damn it macbeth yes so he thinks that he's going to have to kill uh banquo he calls in two men who are murderers and he says to them remember that conversation that we had about how banquo is the bad guy and you need to kill him and they're like yep we remember that and he said all right go do it Uh, okay yeah uh, Lady Macbeth is chilling and she wants to talk to her husband. So she says, hey, um, can you go bring, asks a servant to bring him in? And then they have a conversation. So this part is important because in the first act of the play, we are shown that Lady Macbeth and Macbeth are super close, inseparable. They love each other. Um, in that letter, Macbeth had called her his dearest part, uh, his dearest partner in greatness. Um, they're very much in love. But in this scene... Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> well, yeah. So in this scene, we see that their relationship is starting to crumble. And it's because of the whole... Starting? <laughs> yeah. It's because of the whole murder that has happened. I, I feel like it started to crumble when she was like, my husband's a pussy. 
Please unsex me so I can do what needs to be done. Yeah, maybe, maybe we could. You could probably argue that that's where it started, but um, I I didn't. I didn't really tell you at the beginning that they're very close, but they are mm. very close and they love each other. You very were keeping much. this from me? I did. I'm sorry. Here, Macbeth tells her that he has a secret and dreadful plan that he's going to do, but he doesn't tell her what that plan is. And so that's different because they um, decided to do the murder of Duncan together, but this murder of Banquo is Macbeth doing his own thing. And so you see the fracturing of their relationship because they're mm. not working together to do this. Um, and he's like, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. Uh, the next scene is nighttime. Banquo and Fleance are coming back to the castle to come to the feast. Um, and they talk about how it's so dark outside. And then all of a sudden, the murderers jump out at them and they kill Banquo. Uh, but Fleance is able to get away, away, which is bad for Macbeth because that's the son. Mm-hmm. Banquo's like, fly, Fleance, fly. And so he runs away. <laughs> Wait, this is his uh, hippogriff that he's flying away on? No, it means like run. Run away, run away. Oh, sorry. I thought he was like flying on his hippogriff. No, no hippogriff. Um, so Fleance escapes uh, and the murderers are like, well, I guess we have to go tell Macbeth what happened. All right. So scene, the next scene is a awesome scene. Okay. It's the feast scene. Ah. Yes. And now we feast. Yes. So it's their first scene, uh, or sorry, I guess their first feast as king and queen. And they come in, um, they tell everybody to sit down and enjoy. And as everybody in the court is sitting down, Macbeth sees the murderers and he's like, fuck yeah, Banquo's dead. Fleance <laughs> is dead. Great. So he goes and talks to them and they're like, so we killed Banquo, but Fleance got away. And he's like, no! Now, now don't be mad, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he says, okay, well, it's fine. Fleance is just a little boy. It's not really that big of a deal. He can't do much right now. I'll get him later. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll smother him with a pillow in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, so he goes back to his guests and he's, you know, just chilling. Um, his guests are like, Lord, why don't you sit down? And he's like, where? There's no empty seats. And they're like, yes, right here. Here's an empty seat. And he's like, no. And all of a sudden it's Banquo. Banquo's ghost and Banquo's what? ghost is like yo and he's like who's playing this trick on me why would you do this to me and they're like uh Macbeth like what are you talking about there's nothing there and he's like I see it it's terrifying like give me anything else that is super super scary and I'd be able to brave it but this ghost no and they're like uh what what and uh, then um lady they're like I think we should leave and lady Macbeth is like no 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 it's fine my husband has always been crazy he always sees things don't worry and they're like uh, and they're like I I don't know if I want him to be king anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I think. I'm like, why would you want that? Yeah, why would you Why would you tell them that? Like, no, he's always been a lunatic. Like, this is the guy that's leading you now. So, <laughs> Yeah, so they're like, okay. And then the ghost disappears and Macbeth is like, huh, okay, I must have just imagined it. And he's well, like, that was weird. Yeah, so she tells him to get a hold of himself. She's like, you are acting like a fucking pussy. <laughs> Calm your shit. Yeah. Um, so then again, he's like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And so he's like, all right, I want to give a speech. So he raises up his goblet and he's like, I'm so glad you're all here. You know, I really wish that Banquo could be here. And then he's like, what the fuck? Uh, he sees Banquo's ghost again. And yeah. Banquo's ghost is like, dude. He doesn't actually say anything to him, but he's yeah. just like <laughs> shaking his fist at him. Yeah. Again, he's like, who has done this? How dare you do this to me? Yeah. And again, Lady Macbeth is like, um, don't worry. This is normal. But I think you all should probably leave. Mm-hmm. Um, our Our king is not well. And then everybody leaves and Macbeth is like, blood will have blood. He's basically just sitting there shaking like, oh, what has <laughs> happened? <laughs> um, they then realize that Macduff um, has not been at the feast. And 
Macbeth decides that Macduff's decision to not come to this feast is basically treason. Mm. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very treasonous. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I need, to, I, I'm worried about my future. Fleance has run away. Macduff is being treasonous. I, I need to know what's going to happen next. And so he's like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to go see the witches and uh, figure yes. out what's going to happen. Nothing could go wrong here. <laughs> yeah. And so Lady Macbeth is like, you need to go to sleep. And he's like, okay. And that is the end of Act Three. How many acts are there? Five. Jesus. The this is this is it, we're almost done. Don't worry. Oh, okay, okay, cuz I'm like I'm like we're pretty far into this. So Yeah. <laughs> All right. So act 4 starts with a dark cave and there's a cauldron and the three witches are there and they're casting spells. So this is where you might hear the um double double toil. Toil in trouble. trouble. Yes. So that famous line comes yeah. from this part and again we're just looking at how evil these witches are. They are magical. They're just toiling in trouble. Yeah, it's super cool. I love it. And then they say by the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Oh, something wicked way this way comes is from this? Yes. I was thinking about a, a, a joke related to something wicked this way comes, but it, uh, I didn't know it was from this. I was like, I was like, I think that's Harry Potter. <laughs> but no. It's, <laughs> no, it's Shakespeare. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so the something wicked is Macbeth. Ah, uh, yes. And so he shows up and he's like, yo, bitches. What the fuck is going to happen? Where's my money? <laughs> Pose. <laughs> yeah, and he says, you need to tell me what's actually going to happen here. And they're yeah. like, okay, do you really want to know? And he's like, yes, you must tell me. And so they say, okay. They summon these apparitions or like these like ghostly visions. Yeah. The first one is a floating head. And it says to him, beware Macduff. And Macbeth mm. says, yeah, I already knew that. He didn't come to my feast. He's a Clearly he's evil. <laughs> yeah, so I already know that. Uh, the next vision is a bloody child. Mm. And it says to him, none of woman born shall harm Macbeth. And Macbeth's like, sweet. That means nobody can hurt me because everybody's born from a woman. Yeah. Great. Uh, the next thing that happens is a crowned child holding a tree comes up and he says, you will be safe until Burnham Wood moves to Dunsinane Hall. So until a forest starts getting up and walking towards you, you will always be safe. Mm -hmm. So he's like, great. Forests can't walk. I'm fine. Has he not seen Lord of the Rings? I guess not. Like, those Jeez. ends, right? Yeah. So, the last thing that he sees is a procession of eight crowned kings, and they're walking through this cave. And the last one, and they all look like Banquo, and he's like, what are you showing me? What is this thing? And then the last one is carrying a mirror, um, and he realizes that this last vision is showing that all of Banquo's sons are going to be king. And he's like, well, fuck, like... You tell me I'm going to be safe. You tell me that nobody's going to hurt me until this forest comes, but still that Banquo's sons are going to be king. And he's very upset about that. And he wants to know more about it, but the witches are like, hey, hey, hey bye. <laughs> and they just leave. And he's like, what the, what is, like, what is happening? Um, his servant Lennox comes in. He says that Macduff has run away to England. Mm. Um, now that's important because Malcolm is in England and that's Duncan's son. And Macbeth is like, well, I was right. He is being treasonous. He's gone to England to work with Malcolm to kind of overthrow me. So he says, you know what? Fuck him. I'm going to kill his entire family. Damn. So he sends murderers to go to Macduff's castle in Fife. Seems just. I want you to, f I want you to Fife and kill them. <laughs> yes. So the next scene is Macduff's castle. Lady Macduff is there. She's talking to Ross. And she wants to know. <laughs> no, I won't help you move your couch. <laughs> she wants to know why her husband has left. Yeah. 
um, she doesn't really completely understand that he's going for Scotland's good. Um, she's really upset because she's like, if he actually cared about me, he would have stayed here and protected me. And Ross is like, you don't understand. Like, he's going for the greater good. He has to go uh, and protect the world. Lady Macduff says, no, I I have no, you know, he should have stayed here. Uh, Ross leaves. And so then Lady Macduff is talking to her son. I don't really get this next scene. They're basically talking about how Macduff, the father, is a traitor. And the son is like, no, mom, he's not. And she's like, yes, he betrayed me, da-da-da-da-da. Mm. And then a group of murderers come in. No. And she's like, I've done nothing wrong. Please don't do this. And they're like, ha ha ha. And then they kill her. And sorry, who are they killing? They're killing Lady Macduff. Oh, Lady Macduff. And actually, I got that wrong. So they don't actually kill Lady Macduff on screen. They, of course, they don't stab her son in front of him. Sorry, they stab her son in front of her. Yes. That's pretty metal. Yeah. Yeah. And then she turns and runs away, and the killers chase after her, assuming that they're going to kill her. Then we get to England, and Malcolm is there, and he's talking to Macduff, because Macduff has showed up. Um, And Malcolm tells Macduff that he doesn't trust him, because Macbeth has been sending spies to try and kill Malcolm, um, but it hasn't been successful. And so he's like, I don't know that I can trust you, Macduff. So he kind of, like, tells him all these these things about how he's going to be such a bad king. He says, you know, I'm really... Um, lecherous. I'm going to sleep with every single woman that I see. And, and Macduff is like, that's fine. Like, lots of kings like to sleep with women. And, and because you're going to be super powerful, lots of women are going to be throwing themselves at you. And he's like, okay. And then Macduff is like, I'm also really greedy. Like, mm. I'm going to steal all of the, you know, money from everybody. And he's oh. like, <laughs> Macduff's like, that's fine. Scotland has tons of money. Like, you'll be fine. Like, no big deal. And then he finally says to him that, you know, I have all of these really horrible qualities. Like, I really, really oh, shouldn't. Who's saying this again? Malcolm is saying this to Macduff. Okay. <laughs> because Macduff is like, come back and be king. And he's yeah. like, I shouldn't be. And um, so Malcolm is like, I am all of these horrible, horrible things. Mm. I really shouldn't be king. And Macduff is like, you're right. You fucking suck. Uh-oh. And he's like, oh, Scotland, Scotland, Scotland. Like, nobody's going to be able to help you. We're going to have to live under Macbeth's tyrannical rule for the rest of our lives. Like, we have no hope. And then Malcolm's like, haha, I tricked you. Oh, oh, got you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually none of those things. I'm a virgin. I'm great. I'm wonderful. Oh. Like, I just had to test you because, you know, like I said, Macbeth has been sending spies to try and kill me. And then Macduff says, ooh, we have a no virgin policy on being king. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So they finally decide it's time to go back to Scotland to fight Macbeth. Um, and then when this happens, Ross comes in and he says, help me, please. Help me move my couch. <laughs> I just need somebody. Yeah. Um, Macduff says, how are my wife and children? And Ross is like, oh, we should go back to Scotland. And he's like, no, but like, how are my fi- wife and children? He's like, they're okay. And Macduff's like, this isn't normal. <laughs> and so Ross is like, yeah, Macbeth killed them. And he's like, what? All my pretty little ones? Um, all my little chickens? <laughs> <laughs> Not the chickens. And uh, Malcolm's like, fight it. You have to fight it like a man. You know, you got to go back and get revenge. And, and Macduff says, no, but I have to feel it like a man as well. Wow. That's powerful. It is a That's powerful progressive. line. Yeah. Yeah, and so he says, I will get revenge. I will kill Macbeth. And that gets us to the last scene. Of the show? The last act. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one goes real fast. So it's nighttime. They're at Dunsinane, the castle. Lady Macbeth is acting strange. She's sleepwalking. 
<laughs> a doctor and her like servant are watching her and Lady Macbeth is wandering the castles and she is talking about blood on her hands. Oh. She is talking about her hands will never be clean again. She talks about Banquo. Um, she basically admits to all of the murders that she has committed. And the doctor and the gentlewoman are like, well, she probably shouldn't have said that out loud. And yeah. they're like, yeah. The doctor's like, I can't do anything about this. Like, she needs to confess to a priest. So that's my second favorite scene in all of okay. Shakespeare. And so her line is, out, out, damn spot, I say, out. That sounds Because so, she can't get the blood off her hands. Yeah. I love that scene. So good. I'm going to get like, I might cry when we watch this today. Oh, good. <laughs> so... Then it jumps to outside of the castle and there's a bunch of Scottish lords and they're saying like, how are we going to do this? They decide that they're going to hide in Burnham Wood in that forest. Um, and, and then the trees come to life. And then finally the English army led by Malcolm shows up and they're like, it is time to fight. Then we jump back to Dunsinane, the castle. Um, most of the people in the castle have run away. Uh, because Macbeth is such an evil tyrant and they don't want to be a part of his um, life anymore. The only people that have stayed are really people that Macbeth is paying. Um, he, again, feels pretty good because he's like, well, nobody born of a woman can kill me. Um, I'm not going to fall until the forest starts walking towards me. Um, he calls for his servant, whose name is Satan. Oh, oh good. <laughs> spelled S-E-Y-T-O-N. <laughs> Hello, I'm Satan. You can trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Satan says, there's an army of 10,000 people outside of the castle. And he's like, well, I'm going to put my armor on just in case. And then the doctor comes in and says that uh, Lady Macbeth has basically gone crazy. There's nothing he can do for her. For her. And, the, and Macbeth says, no, you have to fix her. Then we go back to Burnham Wood. Outside of the castle, Malcolm is talking to this guy named Seaward. Uh, they have some plans to get into the castle and they decide that each soldier should cut down a branch of tree and put it in front of themselves so they can disguise how many of them there are. And with this branch of tree in front of them, they're going to walk towards the castle. So it's going to essentially look like the forest is walking. Mm, cool. Mm -hmm. Then we're back in the castle. Macbeth is freaking out still. He hears a scream. And he's like, what was that? And Satan comes in and he says, oh, your wife is dead. And he's like, man, I wish that she had waited until tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> ah, this is an inconvenience. <laughs> yes. And then he talks about life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. So essentially Macbeth is like, well, I'm pretty depressed. I'm going to kind of give up. Like, what is the purpose of life? And then another messenger comes in and he's like, hey, Burnham Wood is walking towards the castle. Macbeth is like, what? Uh, 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 remember the prophecy saying, yeah, yeah. yes. So he's like, you know what? I'm tired of hiding in this castle. I'm going to go out there and fight them. So again, now we flip to the next scene. It's outside of the castle. Malcolm tells them to throw down their tree branches and draw their swords. We go back to Macbeth. Uh, he's on the battlefield now fighting. He's killing everybody around him. He doesn't think he's ever going to die because he knows that no man born of a woman can harm him. And he kills Lord Seward's son and he uh, runs away. <laughs> he's still on the battlefield. Sorry, I was just... <laughs> he's like... <laughs> kills him and he... he and then uh, Seward goes, Ugh, you're such a C-word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So as he leaves the scene, Macduff comes in and he's like, where the fuck is Macbeth? I need to kill him. He's the only one that I want to kill. He doesn't really want to kill the other people that are fighting because he knows that they're just being paid to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so he dives back into the battle. But then Malcolm and Old Seaward go into the castle. Hey, I'm Old Seaward. Yes. <laughs> and they comment on how, you know, it doesn't feel like anybody's really putting up a fight against us. Because nobody really wants Macbeth to be the king anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, so elsewhere on the battlefield, Macbeth and Macduff finally meet each other on with their swords. Wow. Yes. Macbeth is like, dude, you don't want to fight me. Like, I'm invincible. Nobody's going to be able to hurt me. What you're doing is stupid. He says that no man born of woman could hurt me. And Macduff is like, well, I was not born of a woman. I was untimely ripped from my mother's womb. Meaning that he was born by a cesarean section. Oh, really? So he's like, I actually wasn't born by a woman. I was just ripped out of her stomach, so I could kill you. And Macbeth's like, no! That that doesn't count as being born of woman? Apparently not. (laughs) Not in these days. Yeah, because it's not like a vaginal birth, so it didn't really count, I guess. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he says, I'm not going to surrender, though, because I do not want to be your servant. I don't want to be put in a cage and taunted. Sorry, just back to this, though. It's like, (laughs) what a weird conversation to have on a battlefield. I can't die because uh, I will will not uh, 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 be killed by someone who's not born of a woman or whatever. And he's just like... I let me tell you about my C-section that my mother had. <laughs> Which a, what a weird conversation to have on a battlefield. Yeah. So they leave the field and they're fighting each other. Uh, then we flash to Malcolm and Seward. They go into the castle, which they've taken over. Ross tells Seward that his son is dead. Um, Seward's like, did he die honorably? And Ross is like, yes, his wounds were on his front and not on his back. So he wasn't trying to run away. Then Macduff comes in and he's carrying the head of Macbeth. <gasps> what? Yeah. What? Yes. And so that is the death of Macbeth. And Malcolm is declared King of Scotland. He says that all of the Thanes will now become earls, um, which is the English way of doing things. Uh, they say that they will be the first such lords in Scottish history. And they curse Macbeth and his fiend-like queen. And then he tells everybody that's there to come to his coronation in Scone. And that's the end. They celebrate by eating scones. Yes. So Dakota, what do you think? Surprisingly better than I thought. <laughs> uh, I think you have a, a way of telling it that is far better than I've heard before. Uh, it just kind of makes it a lot more interesting. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Lady Macbeth's massive dong and stuff, you know, like that. Like, that's just classic content that you should definitely teach your kids. <laughs> uh, I think um, it's really interesting how Macbeth he starts up out as this really noble guy and this hero essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. And then just through power being, being shown that power could exist for him someday. And he gets so greedy that he's like, well, now it's got to happen right now when, you know, maybe it was a someday thing. I don't know, but I just think the power corrupts thing is very interesting. And really all this has shown as me, me is that I'd like to get some power. You know, <laughs> if I could get my hand on some power and just be in control of something, that'd be pretty chill. Yeah. So. So should I call in some So demons? subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. Not yet. So yeah, it's very good. Um, I'm going to give it. So you, so you, at first you might be disappointed because you're, you, you, you're like, oh no, I deserve a, over a nine and stuff like that. But like, fuck that. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I swear he doesn't abuse me. I, <laughs> that's right. You fell. Um, <laughs> so, but it's high for what sh- Shakespeare. Okay. I will give it an eight. Okay. Feminist rallies out of 10. Just an eight? No eight point anything? No. Okay. Um, and I feel like eight is very generous because I thought- But you said I did a really good job. You did. But I still hate Shakespeare. <laughs> I think you're coming into it with this whole idea of what Shakespeare is and that you have a preconceived notion that, like, I have to hate it because it is Shakespeare. No, I I think – so I am I actually do really want to watch the Macbeth um, Fastbender movie mm-hmm. because I think that it'll, I mean, maybe tell the story in a – I just feel like a lot of the way that, that it's written, the story, is – yeah, I'm about to judge Shakespeare's writing when what the fuck have I done. But – it's written in, maybe it's just it was good at the time but for now some of the storytelling elements it's like okay so all of a sudden um lady macbeth has gone crazy there was no build-up to that really there was nothing maybe there is in the actual story and i'm maybe because the cliff notes version didn't give all that but it just seemed that it's like well that was out of the blue like a lot of the stuff is just kind of happening mm-hmm. there's no modern well of course no modern day storytelling where it's like well this happened that leads into this it just is like shit's just happening mm-hmm. because it needs to happen i guess and then there's a lot of off-screen deaths and stuff like that which i get because it's a play but i really want to watch that movie to see if it does it's, it it's in shakespeare in english oh fuck that okay god i mean we can still watch it because it's amazing yeah I love like, it. we'll do that i guess but like it's so good yeah but anyways i just think it the it doesn't hold up to what modern day storytelling is, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah. Bold, bold claim, bold claim. Yeah. Fuck Shakespeare. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Fuck Shakespeare. Well, listeners, you should let us know. Do you think it uh, holds up to modern day storytelling? Yeah. Tell us in the comments. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't forget to like, favorite, and subscribe. <laughs> okay. So eight feminist rallies out of 10. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google, or you can leave a review or tell your friends about us. Hey, did you just do that off the cuff? I did! That was pretty good. Let's see if I can do it too. And if you want to see behind-the-scenes action, you can follow us on Instagram at the Reluctant Historian. Or if you want to shoot us an email with a show idea or corrections you may have noted, you can email us at thereluctanthistorian at gmail.com. So we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And let this be a lesson to you. Don't kill for your significant other. It won't go well. (laughs) Hey everybody, I'm Eric Erickson, host of The Open Highway. You know, I've had some incredible adventures in my life, and along the way I learned a little bit about everything. Which, to be honest with you, is just enough to get me into trouble. But I bring that with me when I sit down with guests from the worlds of politics, news, science, current events, entertainment, and more. The Open Highway with Eric Erickson. Join me on The Open Highway, and let's have a conversation. Find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.